Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12 is here with me today to discuss Arizona State as we get ready for the Pac-12 slate on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. And, of course, a special shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting those podcasts, hit like and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you get an update whenever you post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. terms and conditions apply. We are back with Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On, Pac-12, and Locked On Ducks, but not important right now. We're we're focused on the Pac-12 No, that's my alter ego. This is Spencer McLaughlin, Locked yes. On Pac-12. I know of no such fandom for any particular school. I support all 12 equally, except USC and UCLA. They ruined it all. There you go. I <laughs> would 100% agree with you. They are a bunch of jerks. And speaking of which, Spencer, I think the best way that we can start off this podcast is by talking about USC and this, this program that has left the Pac-12, but has also really asserted its dominance in its last two years here. We look at what they're going to be doing against ASU um, at the time of this podcast tomorrow on Saturday night. This is probably going to be a bloodbath. I want your overall feelings about ASU heading into this game. Feel free to be unhinged because I am called a pessimist by the fan base here. So... Feel free to join me. Well, if if Fresno State is winning twenty nine to nothing, what what exactly does that mean? USC is capable of the answer is capable of putting up a score that starts with a six. I, I mean, I, I saw this nothing, Arizona huh? State team in person, and you, of course, which was delightful. Uh, week one, when Southern Utah was there, I was on the call for SUU on the radio. And we very nearly pulled the upset, should have, in my view, pulled that upset. And it was an unimpressive performance from Arizona State. And then they came back against Oklahoma State, who we have now learned is not very good. They got housed by South Alabama on their home field. I don't mean beaten. I mean destroyed by the Jaguars out of the Sun Belt Conference. And they were able to, you know, come back. And Arizona State was winning at the half in that game. But then... They weren't able to keep things going in the second. And you just look at, if you break things up into uh, six halves so far for Arizona State, I, I think you have two quality halves of football. The first half against Southern Utah, you can just barely call quality. And the first half against Oklahoma State, I would definitely call quality, only allowing 10 points and having a five-point lead. I think those are you know winning halves of football. But if you've only played two out of six and then you look at the point differential in the other four halves that ASU has had, I, I, I mean, that's ugly. It, it's just been ugly so far. And 
I don't know. They're not winning the football game. I don't think they're keeping it close. USC's in my Pac-12 prime picks this week to cover 34 and a half points because um, I, I, I'm sorry, Sun Devil fans. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't know where the optimism comes from. I think the stronger of the two units for ASU so far has been the defense. Would you agree? 100%. They have played with their hair on fire. So given that that is true, what is USC's greatest strength, the offense? And, you know, you, ASU's defense has been its best unit. Yes, fact check true. Is it going to be able to come close to slowing down USC? Nobody slows down USC. Utah last year. Utah. Pac-12 champion Utah last year against an offense that, you know, was probably about the same as this year for the Trojans, allowed 42 points at home. USC's putting up at least 42 here. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they get into the 50s. They were up 49 to like three against Stanford before the Trojans could even, you know, put their shoulder pads on. This is just a USC team that is playing better defense than people realize right now, whose offense is firing on all cylinders. And when they go up against inferior competition, this is what Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams do. This is just what they do. And unfortunately for Arizona State, that's the spot that they are in. And it's not the team you want to be playing right now. Uh, It's in Tempe, but that hasn't seemed to matter so much. No, and you know what, Spencer, there was there was this tweet I saw. I shared it with you. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but essentially it, w- it was a clip from like USC's camp and somebody was like, oh, uh, Lincoln Riley is pumping in the crowd noise from uh, Mountain, Mountain America Stadium to get USC ready to go for this game. And if you clicked on it, you literally just heard crickets chirping because that's the equivalent of of what's going on with the fan base right now. And if you're mad about it, then show up to the game. It's about as simple as that. But this is definitely not a team that is built or prepared to be able to take on a USC. They weren't last year. They weren't two years ago. And now with completely new leadership and completely different players, you're not built for it. And that's that's okay because you're in a rebuild year. But it's also just the fact of the matter is this is not a team that's ready to take on a USC Trojans. And when we look at the offensive side of the football, especially uh, I said on yesterday's podcast, they have six number one receivers. If you count Deuce Robinson as a receiver, like ESPN chooses to, which I still think is really weird because he's a tight he's end. A tight end. Yes. They can, they're, 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 do they list him as wide receiver? They do. He's that's listed not as a accurate. wide receiver. That's not what he was recruited as. I don't think no. that's the position he plays for the Trojans even. I don't, I don't either. But okay. if they, if they do include him like ESPN does, they have six number one receivers. Taz Washington, Dorian Singer, uh, they got the... Zachariah Branch. Zachariah Branch is that freshman, yeah. Brendan Rice. Mario Williams, yeah. They are absolutely loaded. And then you have arguably the best player in all of college football with Caleb Williams throwing him the ball. They've got a quality run game with uh, Austin Jones is one of the guys. uh, Is there a Marshawn? Marshawn Lloyd. Lloyd, thank you. Yeah, they've got a lot going on offense, so... Give me a little more on the offensive side of the football, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, you just look at what USC does. It's, you know, the same way every every Lincoln Riley coach team has, has appeared to date, which is they're explosive, they're multiple, they're smart, they're clever, and they're explosive. I, I mean, there, there's nothing that they can't do. They're, they're not necessarily a dominant running football team, but they can run it. They've run it enough to keep you honest. But here's the thing with that is – 
they don't need to be anywhere close to a dominant running football team. I mean, every great offense has a tendency that they're better at, right? I mean, think of the best college offense we've ever seen. 2019 LSU, right? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. They had Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah. Moss at at Randy Moss's uh, nephew, I think it was, at at tight end. They had Terrence uh, Marshall. Terrence Marshall was the other guy I was thinking of. Who's an NFL receiver? Like, best offense we've ever seen. They, They weren't immune to running the football. They had to have some semblance of balance, but I bet if you looked at their passing splits, it's probably 65-35 or 70-30. That other 30% is there, and you have to be able to present somewhat of a threat or else you're just going to deal with an eight-man, seven-man coverage all the time. And if you get predictable, that's not a world that you can operate in to be at that sort of level. But in no way do we, did we look at that team and, and say, oh, they're such a great running team and they've got this great rushing attacker. They need more balance or anything like that. No, they just had to have enough. And USC's running game, from what I've seen so far, have they played anybody good? No. But have they looked the way a good team looks against inferior competition? Other than the first half against San Jose State, my answer to that question is a resounding yes. So... Uh, the Spartans, you know, scored 28 points and everyone was uh, up in arms about USC's defense. And I was asking questions as well. Since then, that conversation has quieted down because USC has been playing a bunch of nobodies. And so the, the defensive discussion there has faded to the background until it becomes relevant when they play, you know, actual football teams who can challenge them on on the field. But their defense has been, you know, the last couple of weeks, they've allowed, uh, I think, 10 and 14 points. 14 to Nevada, 10 to Stanford. Guess what? If you're a good defense, that's how you play against those teams, is you allow less than 17 points in back-to-back games. So they've been solid there, and we know what they can do offensively. They're a really, really good football team right now. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you about the defense before we put a bow on this so we're not spending an hour talking about USC, they've got a handful of really good players out there. I know, is it Kalen or Caden Bullock? Kalen Bullock. Kalen Bullock, the safety. Yeah, he's getting a lot of love. They obviously got the former Georgia defensive lineman, Bear Alexander, out there. Anthony Sundable Lucas. Are, yeah. Sun Devil fans are familiar with Eric Gentry, but he's only got four tackles on the year. Uh, this defense, they're finding a way to get it done. Like you said, they are doing what they're supposed to do and limiting opposing offenses, covering their lead, everything like that. What's What's their biggest attribute right now? Is it a pass rush? Is it turnovers? I mean... I think it's just overall improved play. I, I'd say physicality in the front four is, is where they are noticeably different from a season ago. Like Barra Alexander has moments where he shows why he was a five-star recruit and he'll just, you know, shed a guard in half a second and then, you know, have a, a pressure rush up the middle against a quarterback and there's nothing that a guy can do in that situation. Um, I, I don't know that you can draw major conclusions yet right my my statement about they've been playing better in the way they should that's a minor conclusion it's a wor- it's a noteworthy one but it's not a major one yet and i don't think they get a major test from arizona state in in this game either or when they go play arizona uh next week back in back in los angeles so uh, i think arizona's got a better chance to push them but overall i mean it, their, their schedule starts on the back half which is notre dame washington oregon uh, they don't have Oregon State or Washington State, uh, right, which Utah. is a, which is which is a scheduling break. Um, but b- between and they've got Utah as well, so they've got games that they are going to be pushed, where their defense will have to you know prove that they're worthy of of praise because they have improved. 
Until then, I don't think we can make a definitive statement yet. It's certainly an encouraging sign, though, if you're a USC fan. One last question before we move on and change pace here. Can you give me a final score prediction? Yeah, I've got 49-13 SC over Arizona State. Just barely covering the spread. Pretty brutal. I'll tell you guys what's not brutal, though, and that is using LinkedIn. Because right now, if you are looking to make that potential new hire, you might be a little nervous, but if you go to LinkedIn, you can get the right people for your job faster and for free. You got access to the best qualified candidates available. And you know, if you're a small business owner, that getting that access is exactly what can make or break you. You can do this in minutes. And once you do that, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will apply. If you need your fresh groceries for the week, but you don't have time to get out and go to the store, try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get your groceries delivered that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each other with each order. You'll get exactly what you ordered and or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy the quality, the quality groceries just like you pick them for yourself. If you want even more value, you can save on all your groceries and restaurants with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best class customer service, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum total, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. If you guys are looking for the best place to get your college kickoff going right before Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, you have the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College shows covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any and all Locked On College YouTube channels. You won't want to miss it. Back into our conversation here with Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Pac-12. We're going to flip and change gears here and take a look at the rest of the schedule for Arizona State. We know it's a gauntlet. We know we've got USC. We've got Utah. We've got Oregon. Arizona, a lot of tough teams in there. (laughs) I'm just trying to make you smile amidst these dark times. Do I look like I'm smiling, Spencer? (laughs) 
do I look like I'm smiling? <laughs> we don't talk about the school down south. Colorado, it's 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 a slate. It is certainly a slate. Yeah. Looking at it, it's it's tough to find any wins, especially when you consider of the nine remaining games for the Sun Devils, seven of them are ranked opponents. Give me your overall thoughts just looking at that to start with. Look, the game that I would I would examine, and I say this in spite of my month-long love affair that is quickly fading with the California Golden Bears, I, I'd say that that's a team that plays up and down to their competition. We saw that last year. I think we've seen that this year. They played down to Idaho. They played up to Auburn. Uh, they did play much better than North Texas on the road and played a really good game. I think that's what they look like at their best, beating a decent G5 team on the road 58-21, to 21, or at least one that's in a decent conference. I won't say I know a lot about North Texas, but that's what they're capable of doing. But guess what? Last year, they were a better team. Um, I thought they would go 5-7. Uh, and seven. They went 4-8. and eight. But I did predict one of their losses, which was at Colorado, who in 2022 was a 1-11 football team. And it's just been an unfortunate trend for fans of the Golden Bears to see them continuously have these big letdown moments. I would think that's probably the most winnable game. Uh, you know, coming into the year, I thought ASU would go three and nine, and I thought the one Pac-12 win would be Colorado. And guess what? Colorado is a much better football team. Um, that's not going to happen. And you, you just look at the rest of the matchups that they have in. The Pac-12 is tough. It's just really, really tough. And um, un unfortunately, I, I can see a world in which ASU goes winless in their Pac-12 slate. They will be favored to lose every game they play from here on out, including against Arizona. I'm sorry to report, but that's what it is. Here's, here's the sliver of hope I will offer. I thought before the year Stanford would be the first winless team in the Pac-12 since Oregon State in 2000 and I think it was 17. I know they were winless that year. Might have been somebody in 2000. Anyway, it's been many years um, since the, yeah, the Beavs were winless in Pac-12 play in 2018 when they went 2-10. So that's the last time you had a winless team in the conference in league play. I thought coming into the year, Stanford would be that last place team and that they would go 0-9 against league opponents. I have not moved off of that prediction. If Arizona State looks like a team that can also go 0-11, that's never happened before. We've had teams go, or 0-9 or rather, in league play. We've had teams go 0-9. We have not had two teams go 0-9. Now, is that because the 0-9 and 1-8 teams probably have played one another in the past, and that is not going to happen this year because Stanford plays Cal instead of Stanford? Potentially. But... The likelihood, like just saying it out loud, are two teams going to go winless in conference play? Look, this league is as stacked as we've ever seen. If there was a year to have it, this would be it. And it looks like it's tough roads ahead. It still just sounds a little bit off to say you're going to have two teams that don't win a single conference game all year long. And I don't think a lot of people would have pegged ASU to beat Washington last year. I certainly didn't. And... You never know, but there have not been a lot of signs that this team has got, you know, enough offensively to support what has been, I think, respectable defensive efforts. So Cal is probably the only quote unquote winnable game here, right? 
I I don't see another one on there because there's um like Washington State maybe but that's a good team. <laughs> you got to like it's Cam, more Cam it's Ward's more winnable post. to play Washington State than it is to play Utah but I mean I I would legitimately look at Arizona. I think your three most winnable games are Washington State, Arizona and Cal not in that order. I think the order would be Cal Arizona and then Washington State. Good man. But but even then, I I know it pains you to hear this. I think Arizona is a good team, and their defense is much improved, and we know what their offense can do. And Washington State is a good football team, and Jake Dickert's a really good coach, and Cam Ward so far has been playing at a high level, and that's why they beat Wisconsin. That's why they're in the top 25. They could very well beat Oregon State on Saturday. I don't think they do, but I won't be shocked if they do. They're a good enough team to do that. So, yeah, those are the weakest relative opponent. I mean, Colorado still could be winnable. Like, among those four, could I see ASU pulling an upset in one of them? Sure. I I, I could see it. Will I predict that? No. I will not because I think they're worse than all four of those football teams. Snap into action right now. With FanDuel, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use with a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And again, wherever you're getting those podcasts, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we're posting new content. Back into our conversation with Spencer McLaughlin. We're going to finish it up with this, kind of like a best-case scenario for the Sun Devils. Because I think it it doesn't get worst-case scenario than losing out, right? So what's a best-case that you can give us? Winning two of these five games. Cal... Washington State, Colorado, Arizona, and UCLA. I think the best possible case, you get an injury break in one maybe and somebody's without their quarterback or a bunch of key players and you catch them on an off day. Like, for example, if Shador Sanders were to be injured for the Arizona State game, not wishing that, of course, no, but this never. is football, never, those ever. sorts of things happen. If he's out for that game, who's Colorado's backup quarterback? And is he possibly as good as Shadur Sanders? No. And the team around Colorado has got some individually talented players. But overall, I think roster-wise, particularly in the trenches, is the closest to ASU that they play this year. And yes, I include Cal in that conversation. So I I think the Bears are just kind of slightly above if you're talking about trench play, particularly uh, with the front seven. They've got a couple all-conference caliber players there. So... I think the best case scenario is to win one of the four between UCLA, Colorado, Cal, Washington State. Find a way to do that. That's not easy because those are all good teams in their own way. And then have a win come against Arizona in the duel in the desert. I mean, that's the only way you could possibly feel good at the end of this year when you're talking about the results that happen on the field is you beat Arizona. Like, that's what it comes down to. If you win that football game, even if it's two, even, even if it's two and 10, it's a success, right? It's exactly. A successful season. It's a success because you can look at it and go, wow, you guys over there in Tucson or down there rather, as you say, 
down there in Tucson, you guys were on the upswing. We were on the downswing. We bottomed out. We only won two games all year, and one of them was against you. That's the best outcome. Like, I think the best, most likely outcome is winning just one game and having it be against Arizona. I think the most likely scenario, I mean, now that I mean, they've just been so bad through the first three weeks, and you got the quarterback room turnover with Pine and Rashada and Borgay. I, I mean, it feels like a mess uh, in a number of ways. Maybe your defense can keep you in some games. Maybe. But I, I, I don't I don't think that I can confidently right now, until I see evidence the otherwise, pick ASU to win any of those games because I think those other teams are good in their own way. If Cal were at home, I'd give you a better chance. But Cal's on the road. Let's go beyond wins and losses. What would you measure at this point to see what a best-case scenario is? What would you be looking for from Kenny Dillingham? What would you be looking for from defensive effort or stats offensively kind of that gist. Yeah. I think this is the most important question for Sun Devil fans right now is how do we measure success? And the answer is progress. So you have seen the bottom of this team 29 to nothing against a group of five school, a good one in Fresno state to be sure. Very good. Very good. But still, that is a group of five team, and you almost saw them bottom out in week one against a, against Southern Utah, losing to an FCS school. Okay, So that's the bottom. What you want to be looking for as an ASU fan, as a holistic approach to looking at this team, is I want them to be better by the end. I want them to play better. By the time that Arizona game comes around, I think that's what it will all come down to is you're just going to be outmatched against a lot of these Pac-12 teams because the league is so good. That's just going to happen. Look for moments of progress, individual standouts, guys who could be big players for you next year as you go to the Big 12. If that Arizona game comes around and you're at least able to say, hey, we were competitive for three quarters and then it got away from us. And if you're able to say that, like if they do end up going 1-11 this year, if, if, if that happens then you want to be able to look back and say, hey, but we were competitive in a couple of these games. Colorado last year, aside from the game they won, they were kind of competitive with with you guys in Boulder, but really ASU had control of that football game. Colorado looked back and said, like, we beat Cal, yay. We didn't go 0-12, but every other game was non-competitive. B, be able to take moral victories. Being competitive for four quarters is a victory for this football team. If you do that twice this year, then you're moving in the right direction. But if every game is a blowout week after week against everybody, yeah, ASU's roster is not as good as these other ones, but as, as the, the high-end teams in the pack, but it's not you know, so far away that you shouldn't be able to be competitive at least a couple of times. That's how I define success. Any closing thoughts on ASU as we get ready to head in the Pac-12 play? I will have you back on later in the year at least once, probably twice when we preview the Oregon game. And then I would like to have you on for rivalry week as we get ready to play U of A. But before we get that far, any closing thoughts heading into Pac-12 play for the Sun Devils? Colorado is not the model for how quickly things can be rebuilt at a program without a long story tradition of winning at a high level, Um, like Washington or USC, for instance. Those were quick rebuilds. The long you got to be in it for the long haul, and the night is darkest just before the dawn. 
but it can take a long time for, for dawn to arise that following morning. So patience is warranted. Follow recruiting as well, because if recruiting starts to take a major dip because of maybe what's happening on the field, you could have problems. But if the recruiting stays steady and they can have a top 50 class uh, and, and, you know, build on something, something positive from the 2023 season going into the Big 12 next year, then they can turn this around. But this is not this is not a one, two or heck, even three year into a contender build. I, I think Arizona is comparable here. Arizona in year one under Jed Fish, by the way, one and eleven. They went one and eleven. Year two, five and seven. Year three, I think they go seven and five. Like that's the kind of timeline you're looking at here, and you just have to be prepared for that. No, and I I love as like from a comparison standpoint, I do love that you bring up U of A because that is a hundred percent the way that I would like Arizona State fans to look at this because Arizona has been a losing program the last two years, but you look at what he's doing. He's bringing in five-star guys, T, Mc, uh, T. McMillan, five-star guy. Yeah. He, T-Mac was a high four, but Elijah Rushing is a five-star. Elijah Rushing is, yeah. He's he's doing the work and the recruiting. And there's faith that Dillingham can do the same. So if you follow a similar track that U of A is getting to, then you should be happy with that progress. I also really, really, really love that you mentioned that Colorado is more or less the exception rather than the rule. Correct. You do not see that kind of immediate success. And for all we know, it could fall apart. Like perhaps I I don't believe this personally. I think that they are a very good football team, but maybe they just caught everyone by surprise. Right. And they end up kind of slumping over the second half. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could Arizona state fans are really bad about comparing to other programs. And I think that's a very important thing to know is that yes, while Colorado is having unbelievable success in their first year, nine out of 10 other teams are not having that success. Look at Nebraska with Matt rule. They're going to have another terrible year because they're a rebuilding program the same way that Colorado is the same way that Arizona state is. It's just part of the process. So I do love you instilling that hope. I very much appreciate it. And I leave you Sun Devil fans with this. Lincoln Riley was quoted today talking about Kenny Dillingham and saying that the Sun Devils are not as far behind as many think they are. And he thinks that they are trending in the right direction. Always been a big Lincoln Riley fan here. Uh, <laughs> definitely one of the smartest guys that I've ever listened to. Um, you know, they, they really did him wrong at Oklahoma. No coach speak there. Definitely <laughs> no not. I choose to believe what I want to believe, Spencer. You ever hear that Adam Savage quote? I reserve the right to reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> it's perfect. Spencer, it feels applicable here. Where can the good people find your content? I am at Smalls underscore 55 on Twitter, and I host Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Ducks Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm also the radio play-by-play voice, and I do TV work as well for Southern Utah University on KSUB and ESPN Plus. So I try to make myself as easy to find as possible. And easy to find you are, my friend. Your content is evergreen, just like that smile. I appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in. Remember, wherever you get your podcast, to hit like and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. I will be back tomorrow to break down this game for a Saturday edition. Till then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On.